Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Warning, guests of The Roy Green Show may experience the truth, being in the hot seat, and in some cases, crying. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. I'm just going to say one thing about the uh, Toronto Pride Parade. If uh, Black Lives Matters were so concerned about uh, Toronto police being there that uh, the cops have essentially been banned from attending in uniform, then the mayor of Toronto, John Tory, the premier of Ontario, Kathleen Wynne, and the prime minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, should have skipped the parade. That's all I have to say. On Tuesday, there was a report out from the Canadian Cancer Society. And uh, it got the attention of, well, everyone in this country. Nearly one out of two Canadians is expected to be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. And this year, more than 206,000 Canadians will be diagnosed with cancers, not including melanoma. Cancer is still the leading cause of death in this country. One in four Canadians will die from the disease. But there is some good news. Since cancer deaths peaked in 1988, more than 179,000 lives have been saved thanks to prevention and control efforts. And the five-year cancer survival rate has climbed from 25% in the 1940s to 60% today. We're going to talk about uh, the issue of cancer. Dr. David Palma is my guest. He's an oncologist. He's also a cancer researcher and author at uh, the Ontario Institute for Cancer Research. Dr. Palma's new book is Taking Charge of Cancer, What You Need to Know to Get the Best Treatment. It'll be published on the 1st of July, so we get an advanced peek into the book. Patients need to be able to read their medical charts, must know how to double-check a doctor's recommendations, and understanding the difference between treatment aimed at curing cancer and those that slow it down are extremely important. Those are just some of the um, some of the pieces of, of advice that are in the book. Uh, Dr. Palma, thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you, Roy. Glad to be on the show. Uh, can you tell us what cancer is? Because, as I understand, what it isn't is one specific formulation of bad cells and illness. It's it's a it's a it's a big it's a it's a major array of problems, is it not, or uh, across the board? Uh, absolutely, that's exactly correct. The easiest way to think of cancer is just to think of the fact that our body is made up of many, many different cells. There are different cells in our brain, in our heart, cells in our lungs, all over the place. And all of those cells have little instructions, kind of like a computer would have code. And the cells follow the code and they're happy. But if something changes the code, 
something like smoking, which causes a mutation, or sunlight, which causes mutations in our code, which is the DNA, the cells start to grow and grow and grow, and they can spread. And that's really how they become cancer. But every cancer is different. So a lung cancer is different than a breast cancer. And even within breast cancer, there are different types of breast cancers that will respond differently to treatment. And the crazy thing is if you take one patient with cancer, let's say you have a patient with breast cancer, and you look at the cancer cells that are in the breast and the cancer cells that are in the lymph nodes, those ones might be different from each other even then and might respond differently to treatment. So cancer really is not just one disease. So we see that for some cancers, the response rates to treatment are really good. Some of the children's cancers and some of the, of the lymphomas are very, very curable, whereas other cancers like pancreas cancer and I treat lung cancer, those cancers don't respond as well. So you're right, it's an array of problems. Could you put into perspective for us, please, what it means when we hear that nearly one in two Canadians is expected to be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime? Because what I've heard some people say to me is, well, that means 50% of Canadians get a death sentence. That's not the case. No, that's not the case at all. And there's a bit of, um, you have to think about exactly what they mean by that. And that means over the course of their whole lifetime. So if you were to live to age 90, then your chance of getting cancer would be one in two. And really, cancer is a disease that happens more commonly as we get older. Age is one of the biggest risk factors for cancer. So if you live in a society where, let's say, people don't live beyond 40 or 50 years old, where infection is a big problem, let's say there's no clean water, there are no vaccinations, then people with a life expectancy into their 40s and 50s, cancer isn't a big problem. But as we've tackled many of the other problems in society, in Canada and in the U.S. and in Europe, cancer comes to the forefront as we're living longer. How does a cancer researcher decide what to put in a book? Yeah, you know, there are lots and lots of books about cancer. And certainly, I wouldn't want to spend a couple of years writing a book if it had already been done. But really what happened with this book a couple of years ago is that my best friend was diagnosed with cancer, not a cancer that I treat. And when he was diagnosed and I looked through what was out there for cancer patients, I realized that we weren't really going far enough with the type of literature that we have. So if you have breast cancer, for example, you can read about the different treatments for breast cancer. You can have surgery and then radiation and maybe some chemotherapy. But there's really nothing in there about how to get good treatment. And there's nothing in there that tells you that, wait a second, the chances of success are variable depending on where you get your treatment. As an example, if someone has pancreas cancer, so the pancreas is an organ in the belly, that's what Patrick Swayze had, depending on your choice of hospital to have your surgery, if you go to a hospital in the U.S. that does a lot of pancreas surgeries, your chance of dying after surgery from a complication is 4%, which is a modest risk, something that we try to, try to lower, but it's 4%. If you go to a place where they don't do the surgery very frequently, your chance of dying after surgery is 16%, four times the chance. So patients just don't realize that the quality of your treatment can make a really big difference. So when my friend was diagnosed a few years ago, I went through a series of steps with him, and, and then I realized that everybody can do this. You don't need to have an oncologist as your best friend to take these steps. Yeah, I think the case with... Uh when you're diagnosed with cancer, and, and you have far more experience dealing with patients uh, than I do, but I, I, I imagine the case is when you hear the word and you know that you have cancer and then it's explained to you what kind of cancer you have and you immediately formulate an idea of just how serious this is, you then want to put yourself in the hands of the people who've diagnosed you and the people who are going to treat you. You want to trust them 100%. Your book says... Your responsibility is to yourself 
and take charge of your cancer and and uh, make sure that you get the best treatment. So let's start with you've been diagnosed with with cancer. You've gotten over the initial tremendous shock. What do you do? Well, the, the first step is to take some time and, and realize that nothing needs to be decided immediately. You don't have to decide anything with a few, within a few days. There is usually, apart from some emergencies, enough time to take stock of the situation. And, you know, you say t- putting your trust into your practitioners. You know, normally that will work out well, but it, it doesn't always. And that's why we have these issues in oncology. You know, you have these these stories in the media where a couple of women in Windsor a few years ago had mastectomies, they had their breasts removed, and, and there was no cancer in the breast. The, the, there was a misread of, of the report. So I kind of make the analogy of a pilot. Let's say you're a pilot. You're flying your plane. You've got people on board, and your navigation system goes down. And air traffic control, they say to you, okay, turn here, turn here, land here. But you know that occasionally air traffic control makes a mistake. My question would be, would you just trust air traffic control, or would you also pull out a, your own map and double-check what air traffic control is saying? And that's what this book is trying to tell people. So the first thing I say, as part of, you know, when you're diagnosed, is get a copy of your records and sit down and, and try to understand them. And this book takes you through exactly how do you understand your records, how are these structured, and why is it so important? Because everything flows from that. If the, if the correct tests are done and and everything's been done properly, then you'll have a great understanding of where to go. But if something is missed or something is overlooked on the scan, then that's what can lead to mistakes. So this is why you should be able to read your chart. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, we, we read all kinds of things that are different. A few, a few uh, months ago, our dishwasher broke, and, and my wife told me to call the dishwasher repair person because I cannot repair anything technical. But I went on YouTube, and I looked at the manual, and I watched a video, and I, lo and behold, fixed the dishwasher reading something that was completely foreign to me. Same with cars. I don't know much about cars. I can't fix my own car. But in this day and age, people can learn. We're used to going online. We're used to being able to do these kind of things. And with the resources in the book, I take people through different records. This is how you understand a scan report. This is how you understand a pathology report, which is a biopsy specimen. And this is where you look to see if you have lung cancer. Here are the tests that need to be done. A lot of times, doctors aren't doing all the tests required to see where the cancer has spread. And other times they do too many tests. So if a, if a patient comes with a prostate cancer, which can be detected with PSA, if it's only a, ris- a, a high PSA and everything else seems okay, you don't need to actually scan the patient. But many, many doctors do, and that leads to red herrings, which co- can lo- cause some problems. So basically what I'm trying to do is empower patients to really take control of their situation. All right, Dr. Palma, please hold on. We're going to come back with Dr. David Palma. His new book is Taking Charge of Cancer, what you need to know to get the best treatment. It'll be published on uh, July the 1st. And he is a researcher, oncologist, and author. He's at the Ontario Institute of Cancer Research. How do you as a patient, and we'll ask Dr. Palma this, how do you do, as a patient, if you read your charge and, and you, you have an idea of what's happening to you and you have doubts about what's the treatment that you're receiving and the tests you're receiving, for many patients it's difficult to challenge uh, doctors and uh, medical teams uh, and, 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 and take try to take charge. How do you get past that hurdle of, I, I, maybe I better not because they know more than I do. We'll come back. Direct, hard-hitting, no holds barred. The Rory Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
Dr. David Palma's uh, book is Taking Charge of Cancer, What You Need to Know to Get the Best Treatment. It will be uh, available July the 1st across Canada. And uh, Dr. Palmer is Canadian. He is with the uh, Ontario Institute of Cancer Research. Dr. Palmer, so reading your chart, understanding your chart, gives you a heads up on what's happening to you. It also then provides you with knowledge and probably questions that you want to answer or want answered. How do you, though, as a patient, approach your oncology team? How do you approach the doctor? What do you do if you want to double-check the doctor's recommendations? What do you What do you suggest to the patient? Absolutely. Many people have the same kind of concern. They wonder, if I bring my questions up to my doctor, what are they going to think? Are they going to feel threatened? But I just want to reassure everybody that medicine isn't what it was in the 1960s, where it was this paternalistic approach, and people felt that the patient should be told what to do, and the patient should listen if they were a good patient. It's totally different. It's more a give and take. And when patients come to me with questions like this, questions related to the book, and a few patients now have been able to get copies and come in and ask me questions from the book, I'm actually quite impressed. And they'll ask, ask, are you guys a high-volume center, meaning do you do this type of treatment all the time? And what I realized then is that the patient really is a partner. They are really looking for the best care. And so as a doctor... I wouldn't feel threatened. I I would feel that if I am providing a really good service, and I would be proud as a doctor, and I'd say, listen, yes, we are. We specialize in this. And if not, then I would make a referral to somebody who does. But I think that the feeling of medicine has changed, and we really see our patients as partners, or many of us do see our patients in partners in this journey. I always use this example. I say to my patients, especially when they're making a difficult decision, I say, you're the driver, and I'm the passenger. I'm sitting here with a map. I can tell you which way to go, turn right, turn left, but it's ultimately your decision. And so the days of paternalistic medicine, I hope, are gone. Some doctors are more approachable than others, and then patients run into that. And and I I remember that situation uh, with with my wife's case, and we talked a little bit about that before we went on the air. Um, So... There are resources available, though, right? As you point out in the book, there are resources available. You can you can double check on on the doctor's recommendation without necessarily confronting the doctor. Absolutely, and so there are a few ways to do this. So I go through different ways of getting second opinions, and some of them are free, which is important in healthcare systems where things aren't free. Um, although most of the things in Canada are covered, but you can go online once you have your medical records and you know the details about your cancer. Most importantly, the stage. The stage of your cancer tells doctors where the cancer is and how far it has spread. So if you have a lung cancer and it's stage one, that tells us that it's only in the lungs. A stage four lung cancer has spread elsewhere in the body. And the treatments depend on the stage. Treatments that are appropriate for stage one cancer may not be appropriate for stage three or stage four. But once you know your type of cancer and your stage, you can go online and say, okay, these are actually the recommended treatments for this type of stage based on guidelines that are out there. Just like I was telling you before, I could look up how to fix my dishwasher. Those guidelines are out there, but people just don't know where to look. But even then, if you, let's imagine the worst case scenario, because this could happen. You're faced with a doctor who you really just don't feel you can bring your concerns to and you feel like if you bring something up to them, then something's going to go wrong, you're going to damage your patient-physician relationship, there's a back channel. You go back to your family doctor, ask for a referral to a second cancer doctor, and say to that cancer doctor, listen, I'm here for a second opinion, and if you don't mind, please don't send a note from this encounter to my first 
oncologist because I just want to have a little time and second opinion just to reassure myself. And this does happen occasionally when people don't want to, let's say, ruffle any feathers. But what I say is that, you know, ruffling a few feathers, if it has to happen, isn't the end of the world. Because in the end, the important thing is that people get the best quality of care. And if you don't feel that you have the ability to bring things up with your doctor at the beginning, what are you going to do when there's a complication or right. something serious? Yeah. Um, you mentioned going online. Now, whenever we talk about cancer on this program, there are those well-meaning people who will tell you that online they've read about this miraculous cure or this miraculous approach. They've seen it on Twitter. They've seen it on Facebook. Maybe this is what you should try. How do you separate the, um, the worthwhile from the, from the worthless? Absolutely. And it's difficult. The, it's hard for us as doctors to really get the message out there because there are so many other people. And you can really write a website about anything. You can say that you took coffee and chocolate chip cookies and, and, it, and it was successful. You could write that and, and, and it would be online. As part of the book, I do have a chapter on separating myths from truths. And, and what I've done with the book, because I know that some people might find some of the steps daunting, like getting your medical records, is I've made a set of videos online, a toolkit. And one of those videos is about separating myths from truths. And I go through three different things that patients ask me about, and I show the viewer how do I differentiate what is fact and what is fiction. I just received a, a tweet from uh, from a listener saying, when it comes to charts, how can you read your charts when everything's uh, computerized now? It's an interesting point. <laughs> that's a good, no, no, that's a great that's a great point. So if you're really lucky, some of the hospitals with computerized charts, they will they have a portal where patients can log in. But there are a few strategies to, to, to get your charts. Even the places that have computerized charts are required, if you ask in Canada and the U.S., to give you a copy of your charts. And you don't need your whole chart. You don't need to have the x-rays from when you fell off your bike a few years ago. You just need the pertinent parts. But they will print that out for you. At our, cent at our center, they go to a special health records area. They sign a few forms. There is a small fee, but there are ways around that that I talk about in the book. So there may be a small fee, but then you get them in a paper copy. But if you're lucky with the computerized systems, often you can log in through a patient portal and even see some results in real time. All right. So we heard that uh, almost half of Canadians will hear a cancer diagnosis for themselves in their lifetime. It doesn't uh, necessarily mean that it's a death sentence. What it does mean is that you should take charge of your own cancer, take charge of your own situation as much as possible. Dr. Palma's book is Taking Charge of Cancer, What You Need to Know to Get the Best Treatment. And uh, is that is it out now? It's going to be out July 1st. July 1st, I'm looking, right. looking forward to bringing my kids to the bookstore and showing them Dad's book. Yeah. Well, I think there'll be a lot of people buying it because it's incredibly important that you are in charge and you feel in charge. I think you tend to get better faster that way. Thank you, Dr. Palma. Thank you very much. Good talking to you. Dr. David Palma on the Roy Green Show on the Corliss Radio Network. When we come back, Lieutenant Colonel Steve Day, retired, recently former commanding officer of Joint Task Force 2, Canada's elite special forces unit, counterterrorism unit. And uh, everybody's heard about that 2.1-mile shot this JTF-2 sniper took on an ISIS terrorist and took him out. We'll talk to Colonel Day when we come back.